With The Legend of Korra coming to Netflix soon, I wanted to take the time to talk about Aang and his failures as a father. Hi guys, welcome back to the Fangirl. I'm McGann, and I'm about to deep dive into Aang's children and how this sweet, good-natured, caring boy turned into such a bad dad. So, for those of you who are just finding out that Avatar had a sequel series, yes, The Legend of Korra is very real and incredibly awesome. Spoilers ahead, but as it turns out, Aang died somewhere in his 50s to 60s and was reincarnated as a southern waterbender named Korra. But in between being 12 and 50, Aang actually sired three children with Katara, Bumi, Kaya, and Tenzin. Now, the interesting thing is, despite being in love for most of their lives and, you know, living in a time before birth control, Katara and Aang only have three children and those children have very notable age gaps. Now, the series never tells us the exact ages of Aang's kids, but if we look at this photo, it looks like Tenzin was born when Kaya was about three to four years old. And then Bumi, the oldest, is about 10 at that point. And you know, it wouldn't really be abnormal for a couple in this kind of setting to have five kids in five years, but they didn't. Aang and Katara had children very deliberately and methodically. So here's what I inferred happened. In The Legend of Korra, it is mentioned that Katara had some kind of hand in building up Republic City. Most notably, she's mentioned as having outlawed bloodbending. Which is as cool as it sounds if you haven't seen the show yet. However, eventually, Katara returned to the South Pole and remained with the Southern Water Tribe, which likely happened when she started having children. It is much more difficult and dangerous to raise a new family in a newly forming city. And with Aang's attention being constantly pulled all over the world, Katara would likely look for support from family, like her father and grandmother. Now, Katara's brother Sokka seemed to stay in Republic City as a councilman, but even though they were really close-knit as kids, I imagine that Katara being a mother sort of made her stop mothering her brother. So Sokka was finally left to his own devices, for better or worse. And since we don't hear much about Sokka's old age, I kind of think it was for the worst. This idea is vaguely supported in The Legend of Korra when we get back to the South Pole in Season 2 and see more of Aang's children. They never directly say it, but both Kaya and Bumi seem to refer to the Southern Water Tribe as their home, not some weird nursing care facility for their mom. And when Korra has visions of Aang's past life when he's in about his 40s and he's dealing with Yakone, Katara is nowhere to be seen even though we do see Toph and Katara is usually Aang's right hand. But backing up again to the childhood issues, the birth of Bumi would have suddenly put some divide between Katara and Aang because suddenly Katara can't go traveling the world anymore. She has to be the stable parent while her husband goes and saves the world over and over and over again. Plus, if Bumi did turn out to be an airbender, having the last two airbenders together all the time was just like asking for trouble. Aang was always dealing with some really dangerous guys, so I mean, one bad hit and the entire Air Nation is gone again. However, after Bumi got a few years old, it became apparent that he was going to be no type of bender at all. So, Katara and Aang have a second child, their only daughter, Kaya. And she showed some bending skills at a young age. Alas, though, it was only water bending. Now, now the pressure is on an aging Aang. He knows that as the 
last airbender, part of his duties as the Avatar, the balance between everything in the world, even the spirit and physical world, he has to create the next generation of airbenders, otherwise an entire culture dies with him and everything is thrown out of balance again. Who would even be able to teach the next Avatar airbending? So Tenzin is born to fulfill all of those hopes and promises. And lucky enough, Tenzin is not only an airbender, but he's a very serious kid who accepts that his destiny is to carry the weight of an air nation on his shoulders. And even though all that weight is air, it's still a big burden. But huzzah, a new airbender is born. The air nation is saved. Except there's a little bit of a problem. You see, being an airbender by birth does not mean that you're going to know the entire background of the air nomads. So with Tenzin in the world, the entire air culture has to be instilled into that one child before his father passes away. <laughs> And unfortunately, since Aang spent a hundred years frozen in an iceberg, it's believed that that greatly impacted his health at the end of his life. And as a person who has a strong spiritual connection to things, I would imagine that Aang could sense that his body wasn't doing too well. So now Aang is racing against the clock to train a new airbending master and have to teach that person all of the culture of thousands of years of civilization. And that meant as soon as Tenzin was able to function, he and Aang were off to tour every air temple in the world. New problem though, Aang is now suddenly super dad, even though his other two kids never really got much of his time or attention. Aang put so much pressure on himself to preserve his history that he forgot to pay attention to his legacy. Aang was so preoccupied having Tenzin that he forgot to tell his other kids that they mattered too. That's why Kaya gets characterized as this carefree rolling stone. Really though, she can't settle down. She can't really fall in love because she never felt like daddy really loved her so she doesn't know how to love herself to be with somebody else. That would certainly cover why Kaya has an engagement necklace that is not Katara's by the way, yet she never mentions a husband or any children. So Kaya was engaged but either something happened to that man or the more likely option, Kaya just flipped out one day and went to travel the world as the Avatar's daughter because that got her a lot of fame and freebies. But you know, to Kaya, having a family could only lead to disappointment, so running around the world was her way to rebel. Then the oldest child, Boomy, is in a similar boat, but he has much more of this insecurity on the surface. Boomy is like when two wizards have a baby and it doesn't have magical powers and everybody's so like embarrassed and ashamed of that kid. Here, Boomy is the child of two world-class benders, and yet he isn't born with any bending talents. I'm sure neither of his parents ever said anything negative to Boomy about being a non-bender, but Aang favoring Tenzin so much would say more than a million words could. So Boomy ends up acting out for attention his entire life. Boomy also manages to pull himself up to the rank of military commander, which, you know, that's about as high as a regular person can ascend. And Boomy is constantly trying to one-up his siblings and saying things like, well, if I can do it as a non-bender, it should be no problem for you. Boomy, it's pitch black and the rocks are slippery. You're gonna hurt yourself. Come on, you wimps. 
If I can do it, it should be no problem for a couple of benders. So it's very clear that Boomy has a huge inferiority complex, and he is just desperate to prove himself as Aang's son. Really, not even Aang's son, the Avatar's son. No extra pressure added there. Plus, even though Boomy is the firstborn, Tenzin ended up being the only one that Dad felt was important. There is no part of that that doesn't mess you up as a kid. And what I really love about The Legend of Korra is that really nothing gets wrapped up in nice little packages. Some hurts you just have to fix on your own because nobody's gonna come along and tell you what you need to hear to feel good about you. And Aang's relationship with his oldest two children is illustrated perfectly like that. Well, that and the fact that parents aren't perfect. They have their own dreams, goals, passions, ambitions, flaws, and everything else too. Now, does that mean Avatar Aang didn't love all of his kids? No! Of course not! That's a ludicrous thing to imply. But, similar to how Yakone gets obsessive when he finds out his sons are waterbenders, Aang became so focused on the next airbender that he neglected and damaged his other two kids. He didn't mean to do it, and Aang may very well have seen it as giving Boomy and Kaya the freedom to be whoever they wanted. To the contrary though, Tenzin's fate was sealed, and he was gonna be the next airbender, he was gonna be a master, he was gonna know everything about the air nomads, period. That's just how it is when you're the soon-to-be last airbender. Although, as far as genetics go, we know very little about benders. That means there's certainly room to argue that Kaya and Bumi could have children who are airbenders. So it is kind of weird that Aang never made the touring of the air temples some big family to do. I mean, even without airbending, it's still Kaya and Bumi's culture too. So even though I don't think that Aang meant to be a neglectful father, maybe just an overloaded or thoughtless man, ultimately that's how things played out simply because Aang valued the abilities of Tenzin more than the blood ties that all of his children shared with the Air Nation. Aang lost sight of the primary function of the Avatar balance. And unfortunately, his children are the ones who paid that price and carry that baggage. I might be overthinking it, but that's literally my job. Derp time! Okay, this is kind of connected, I guess, kind of not, um, but I did want to have a little bit of derps here with the Legacy book. I just got this in today from Amazon. I've been waiting a long time for it to ship. I'd actually written the script before I got this in, but this has some things that kind of confirm what I'm saying. So um, I want to read some little blurbs in here. Uh, this is, Legacy is kind of like a scrapbook from Aang to Tenzin. And it really doesn't talk about Tenzin. He's only five when this is written. But there are letters in here to Tenzin from Aang and Katara. And I, I want to read some little snippets of those that support what I'm saying. If I had more time with this book beforehand, I would have worked it right into the script and it would have been great. But uh, we'll do what we've got to do. Okay, a letter from Aang to Tenzin. He says, and mind you, this whole scrapbook about the Air Nation and all the stuff that Aang and Katara did is only written to Tenzin, not Bumi and not Kaya. But Aang says, you are the first airbender to be born in more than a hundred years and one day you will lead the Air Nation. For now, unless your mom and I bring you an airbender brother or sister, it looks like it's just you and me, kid. And then later, when my time is over, the spirit of the Avatar will live on and eventually return in 
in another. It will be up to you to train the next avatar. I want you to know all you can before these responsibilities fall upon you. And for copyright reasons, I won't let you read it, but it's, it's a whole big letter and it's all like tins and gush. There's an even bigger letter from Katara to Tenzin, again, not even really mentioning his brother or sister or them having any significance. Pieces of this book are falling out at me. Throughout his life, your father not only had to carry the weight of being the Avatar and of being the Avatar during the greatest crisis that our world has ever faced, but he also had to shoulder the burden of being the last airbender, the final surviving member of a proud and beautiful people. So see, even in Katara's words, she doesn't think of Bumi or Kaya as being part of the Air Nation, even though they're half Air Nation. So no wonder both of those kids grew up to have major identity issues. And then she goes on to say, when we discovered that you too were an airbender and that airbenders would not die out with the passing of your father, we were filled with joy. A terrible burden was lifted from your father's shoulder, which only added to our happiness in welcoming you to our family. The airbender's traditions will live on through you, and nothing could make your father and me happier and more proud. Your father and I will be there for you every step of the way. Know that we both will always love you very much. Love, Mom. And again, that's a beautifully written letter, but um, I am really doubting that Kaya or Bumi ever got such a letter, and that's why they are so kind of wild and crazy and sort of angsty, even in their, what, 40s or 50s now. Maybe even 60s for Boomy. He's, he's a bit up there. Anyways, guys, uh, the Legacy book is pretty great. I'll leave a link in the description below for you to find that if you want to get it for yourself. I think it's like $14 on sale-ish, but it's fun. It's got a lot of really cool bits, and no, this isn't sponsored, um, but it, here's the uh, water bending scroll. You can kind of pull it out, and you could pull it out of the book, I think, without damaging anything, but I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I like things nice and pristine and neat. But thank you all for watching, and we'll see you next time, family members. Bye! Oh yeah, we also see no hint of Katara during Korra's visions of Aang's past lives. Man, that's a weird sentence to say. And when Katara has visions of Aang's past life, that's why Kaya gets character... That's why Kaya gets character... caricature... right? This idea is vaguely supported in The Legend of Korra when we get into season two and we see more of Tenzin's kids. Tenzin's kids? What? No! No extra pressure for greatness added to that. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, Megan, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See ya next time, family members. Bye.